Thank everybody for joining What's Your Story. I'm your host, Emmanuel Mutui, and today I have a wonderful guest. I was telling him before we started that I never thought I'll be sitting next to him, interviewing him, <laughs> just because, you know, he, where he was at the time and where I was at the time. But the Lord has just brought our journeys together, and I think this interview, and I think I know that this interview is going to be amazing. Amen. So without further ado, JT Wilkins. Hey, it's good doing? to be on your show. Praise Thank God. you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for saying yes. That was the quickest yes I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and even showed up early, 20 minutes early. Oh my gosh. I know. I was blown away. <laughs> As we always do, we go to the beginning for the person's story. So with you, where are you from? So originally I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. Um, lived there for 26 years. Mm-hmm. Um, then... I'm giving you the quick thing. 26, uh, 26 years in Florida. Okay. Two years in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then four years here now. Okay. And when you were in Florida, because it's Florida, and this is a by-the-way question. Yeah. What was your favorite thing to do? Oh, man. My favorite thing to do was surfing and fishing. You surfed? Yeah. Surfing wow. and fishing. That I'm was my biggest thing. Terrified, terrified of surfing. Oh, no. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, especially in the wintertime. It was awesome. But deep-sea fishing, I do mm-hmm. miss that. Mm-hmm. Living here, I, you know, so that's the only thing I do miss. Is I really, mm-hmm. really would love getting out on that boat. And yeah. Forward. So growing up in Florida, what kind of household were you in? Was it a Christian household or was it a non-believing household? So my mom is a single mom. Okay. Um, she raised three boys. Oh, wow. Um, so and yes, it was a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And Mama didn't play. We were in church all the time. So I lived in church. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just we Wednesday. If, if there's a service, you're we're there. there. How? So, uh, and, um, but we were all, we were Pentecostal slash Assemblies of God. So okay. we come from that Assemblies of God mm-hmm. background. So when you were in church all the time, did you want to do anything in ministry or was it just something you went because your mom took you? Um, growing up, I enjoyed going to the church and mm-hmm. because we had really great youth groups and things yeah. like that, that I loved going, being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm right now I'm 50. Yeah. If you would asked me back when I was like 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18, was I going to be working at a church? Mm. Had no, it was not on my radar. Wow. I wanted to go, I went to church, but yeah. I didn't, I, mm-hmm. I'm a worship pastor today. Yeah. And that's what I do. But if you, that was not on my radar. Hmm. Um, when I was young, uh, when I was young, I wanted to be a biz, go into business. Yeah. Do uh, just more of an in the marketplace kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was down on my radar to be full-time ministry. So, and I guess I skipped this part. When were you born again? Because growing up in the church does not mean you were saved. Well, I really, I would say during my teenage years. Okay. Um, middle school, high and I would even say a little bit later into my teenage years. Because teenage mm-hmm. years, you're just all over the place. You're kind of yeah. you're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, it wasn't that I didn't love the Lord, or did not, but I really never took it to the heart yeah and there's a couple phases here so so yes i took i took the you know knowing the lord and who he is in my life Mm -hmm. in my teenage years but then i went to the marines and the military okay and that became a dark year for me Mm -hmm. um i would say from nine from my age of 19 to 25 okay um was in desert storm Mm. um but when I went to boot camp at Paris Island, yeah. it just flipped. It flipped the script on me a little bit, and it was pretty, pretty dark. Yeah, um, coming home was pretty. You know, it's it's a different world, military world. And, yeah. Uh, Do you and feel like he pulled you away from the Lord? Uh, it pulled me away based upon 
the mindset. I was close to God through it, but it it pulled me away a little bit because it it brought out a lot of things in my life that and it brought out a lot of anger. Okay. That that I never really saw it come out. And mm-hmm. then it just it was it was just an interesting time, but it also taught me how to be a leader. It taught me how to learn how to work with people in a really intense mm-hmm. situation. Um, and I brought that back coming out of the military. I brought mm-hmm. that into the church a little yeah. bit more because we are the army of God. Yeah. And so it allowed me to be able mm-hmm. to w- work with mm-hmm. all kinds of intense situations. Yeah. And you'll find that in the ministry. So when you came out of military and came back here, when did your relationship with the Lord shift or improve or deepen? Um, I when my we and my wife met, um, I was pretty much um, I would call it a lukewarm Christian. You okay. go to church, but then Fridays you're going to the clubs and doing all mm-hmm. the crazy things. I met my wife at a club, mm-hmm. and uh, one one day that was back in uh, 1993. Okay, um, when I met my wife. Uh, at the time, she wasn't my wife. We were dating. She mm-hmm. was like, I want to go to church. Well, she was great Catholic, but she was also, um, she didn't believe in God. Mm. And so she, she said, if there is a God, then why is all this crazy stuff going on? So there was a sense of there, if there's a God, but then it's like, how can you allow yeah. the craziness? So one day uh, she was saying, um, "Let's go. can we go to church or something like that? It was, on, it was Christmas. It was, on, it was in December of 93. Okay. And she goes, um, and I said, well, you know, my church usually does a candlelight service, you know, one of those candlelight services on Christmas Eve or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Maybe we can go to that. She goes, okay, that'd be kind of good just to go. So I went, and there was no Christmas Eve service. It was a young, it was a singles group with only 30 people. Mm. So here I am looking like something from the club, you know, coming up into a church that I haven't, I haven't been in in four years. I sat in the back. And uh, I was ready to get out of there, but I was like, let's go. She goes, no, let's just sit. Let's just listen to it. I know the gentleman's name. His name was Bob Abramson. Mm-hmm. He preached, and it was just about this, the, the Christmas message and salvation. So as soon as I closed my eyes, I was like, okay, this is almost over with. Next thing you know, I hear. And she, my girlfriend's getting up and walking down the aisle, getting saved. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And and I was like, now I'm stuck. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, my girl's going up to go get, accept Jesus Christ. I already know what it is. So I, I got up. I went down. Mm-hmm. And then through all, that was the initiating start. And then from there, uh-huh. it was just how God used two mm. people that were wilding. And she's the same. And then July 1st of this year will be 26 years of marriage. Wow, that is amazing. So this experience happens. Does it at this point, what are you doing? Because you, with your life, are you working? And if you're working, I'm working in the world, but I wasn't mm-hmm. working at the church. I was doing. Um, I was working at a flower shop that we did mansions and did, I was landscaping. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything like, mm-hmm. quote unquote, my job. Yeah, I was, uh, she was going. She was in the university working at a school, so we were just doing ins and out of jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm 23. Yeah, you know, are you um, looking forward to something bigger, or are you just kind of going through the? Motions? I was looking for. To go, so there was two things on my plate. There was one I wanted to go to business school, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I she was in school at the time, and I was like, okay, well, let me just see what, how that'll flow. And I would focus on some on, like some dis, some night schools and stuff yeah. like that. And then um, from there, I worked at a golf shop, 
and from there, I was got we got we were getting highly involved in church, and so what happened was uh, in. We got married in 90, 1995, mm-hmm. so we're working on and in jobs. I was working like Applebee's and yeah. just, you know, just 24, trying to find, <laughs> find your life. Yeah. And it was in 96, uh, 1996, that our youth pastor at the time said, I'm sorry, it was 97. Uh, and he said, JT, I feel, really feel, because I was involved in youth group, but I also was doing a Christian rock group. I've got involved into a Christian rock group. Okay. And that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to be next third day, Sonic Flood, you know, go out there and rock. And, dude, that's what I wanted to do. So we had a, our band was pretty, pretty tight. It was called Sharon's Tear. And uh-huh. that's what I wanted to do. So in 97, our youth pastor said to me, he goes, JT, could you, uh, uh, uh my wife had a, uh, a dream that, and she just really heard the Lord say that you're, You'll be the worship pastor for the youth group, Which, and I said what? And I and she goes, uh, and he goes, would you pray about it? I said I don't want to pray about it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Right. And he goes, well, could you just? Would you just pray for me? Just yeah. Pray about. It. I said, Pastor, why would I want to pray for something that I don't want to do? Yeah. He goes, JT, we really feel strongly about this. Why don't you just pray about it? And I was like, All right, yeah, I'll pray. <laughs> But have you ever prayed for something that you don't want? Yeah. So you're just one of those things where you're just like, Father God, you know, Pastor Kevin was just, he got this thing in his head. I pray he'll never mention it again. Yeah. I really don't want to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Said, yeah. The following week, he would come, he met me in the, in the hallway and he mm-hmm. goes, hey, uh, did you pray? I said, yeah, I prayed. He goes, did you hear anything? I said, I didn't hear anything. He goes, pray again. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, pray again, man. We really feel strongly about that. I said, Pastor, are you? I don't want to do this. He goes, JT, I really feel strongly about this. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, yeah, I'll pray. Mm-hmm. Again, I said the same dang yeah. prayer. Just, Father God, please take this out of his head. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, Lord, please. Mm-hmm. The next week, I avoided him. So if he came down that hallway, I went to the other hallway. <laughs> Because I wasn't on stage at the time doing worship. So wherever he was at, mm-hmm. if he was in the middle of a conversation, I made sure I was off. <laughs> and if I saw him walking down that aisle, yeah. I would walk down the other aisle just not to be bothered with it no more. So, yeah. I, said, so I had a week of not even him bothering me. I was mm-hmm. like, praise God. <laughs> and then the fourth week, I'm t- it'll be like me here sitting here talking to you. And next thing I get a tap on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Pastor, what's up? He goes, hey, did you pray about that thing we talked about? I said... <laughs> Yeah, I prayed. He goes, did you hear anything? I said, I didn't hear anything. He goes, pray again. I was like, <laughs> so I was like, what? Right. So for two more weeks, I said the same dang prayer. But then he was good. So he was going to leave in 97. That was in July mm-hmm. of 1997. He was going to leave in August because he was going to go to Texas to start a group, mm-hmm. a ministry. And my mindset was, okay. Well, he's going to be gone anyway. Yeah. And so when he dips out this building, I'll give it to somebody else. True. You know, I was just like, he's out the picture. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is how I got called in the ministry, people. Honestly. God works in mysterious ways. So I'm just telling you my story. You know, it's like, what's your story? This is my story. <laughs> so next thing you know, 
Uh, he, we lay hands on him in August. We pray over him and everything, and then we leave. And then the following, that's, I'm sorry, the end of July, and so the top of August of 97. And then I started the worship team with the youth group, and we had about 24 kids, maybe 25 kids. So I get up, we do our, you know, we have our Monday rehearsals, and then we do Wednesday night services. I, Wednesday night, I get up in front of these kids. You guys ready to worship? Yep, nothing. You don't hear anything, just like what we're hearing right now. <laughs> Absolutely crickets. 24 kids, they're sitting, you know, in the cool factor. Yeah. Boys are hanging around with their girlfriends and everything. We go after, we do worship. And that was it. For three weeks, man, no, for four weeks, I did that. And uh, the on the fourth week that night, it was in August, it was in July, August, and I was so mad. Um, I went home. I wasn't mad, but I, I went home after worship. I laid in my bed. And I was look. It was around like twelve o'clock at night, and I just looked at the ceiling, and I was so mad. I was just like, "God, this is ridiculous. I didn't want this. These kids don't want to do anything. I didn't even ask for this. You, you know, you know. I'm venting for mm-hmm. about thirty minutes, just ripping. I had tears in my eyes going down into my ears. I mean, I'm talking at this level right now. My wife's over here snoring, or so she's sleeping dead. <laughs> but I am literally at this volume level mm-hmm. for thirty minutes, ripping. Just, I was so mad. I felt like I got, I got sucker punched into a position that I did not want. Yeah. Next, you know, I got done after about thirty some minutes, and all of a sudden, I heard in my spirit, "You done? Are you done?" And I was like, I, I looked around. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and next, you know, I hear, "Are you finished?" And I'm like, "Well, yes, Lord, I'm finished." And then I heard, are you ready to listen? And I said, yes, Lord, I'm ready to listen. He goes, the problem is, is that you're looking for adoration for those kids. I told Pastor Kevin and them to get, uh, and put that in their heart to tell you that you needed to do this. I called you to do worship for, for this generation for this, and for these kids. But you're looking at their response. And you're getting, a, and you're, so if they're not responding to you, you think worship's not that. That's not your job to worry about people lifting their hands or anything like that. That's my job, my relationship between them and me. I called you to do worship. I want you to do worship for this youth group, and I, this is where I want you to be, and I want you to step into that, step into it. And if those children don't raise their hand, if nobody raises their hand, if nobody does anything, that's between them and me. You just do what I said to do. Wow. I said, Okay. And from there, after that, the next week, I got up there. I didn't tell anybody what happened. I told my wife, but I just didn't tell anybody. And I said, I said you guys ready to worship? Nothing. Went after it. The second week, I, nothing happened that night. The second week, now we're in September. The second week, uh, um, I did the same thing. Worship. One girl comes up to the edge of the stage, and that was it. Third week in September, two hmm. more boys come up on the other side of the stage with the same girl. Hmm. The third week, the fourth week, now we're coming into late September, uh, a couple girls come up to the altar and they're just kneeling at the altar. That was it. By the end of September, we were in full-blown revival. Wow. I'm talking all 26 kids coming up. People are on the ground crying, snotting, tearing, hmm. laying hands. We, were, you know, we had an intern uh, at the time because we were still looking for a worship uh, youth pastor. 
but that's all we did for literally for September through October. It was just we worked. It was going after it, hmm. and it was just a full blown revival. Wow! How did that affect or change your perspective of ministry and God? That's how I got called into it, and mm -hmm. then from there, I just attacked worship even to this day. Mm -hmm. That when when worship when I'm doing worship or if God's calling me to for wherever I'm at. Mm -hmm. I give it my all, yeah, and I don't care about what people think. Mm -hmm. I just do what God's called me to do and let Him work it out. It's yeah. and and it put the perspective was that when God says something to you and He sets things in motion, mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not going to be easy. But He did call; He has called lots of people, yeah. and they've had to walk through some things. And sometimes mm -hmm. they had to answer. It, I felt like uh, Jonah and the whale. Hmm. What I'm saying is like He told him to go to yeah, 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 and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And then it literally sometimes God is going to pick you up <laughs> and put, say, I told you to do this. Yes. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that, so wow. my, my relationship with the Lord has always been just, mm -hmm. if this is what I told you to do, I need you yeah. to do it and focus on that. So how long did you uh, lead that worship? Uh, I led that for, I led worship in that church from 97 to 2015. Okay. Did you, just a youth? I was, and so that was crazy. So mm -hmm. now, you know, when you start off, yeah, you're. I've done everything in that church from cleaning toilets to yeah. vacuuming, vacuuming the car. You know, yeah, uh, parking lot ministry. Parking lot ministry is crazy. You need to be called for parking lot ministry. Okay, if anybody's called for parking lot ministry, y'all need yeah. to be laid on hand because everybody puts on a show in the parking lot, right? And they come in and they put on the pageantry wave. You see the truth there. You need a true anointing for parking lot business. <laughs> uh, did that. And yeah. then, um, but the transition from that was from youth group. Yeah. Then it took, it, when you're in the house, things happen. Yeah. A, pro a prophet came and said, one day you'll, do, you'll, you'll be full-time ministry. Mm. And they'll, you'll eat, sleep, and drink music. Yeah. Two weeks later, my pastor called, us, called me in. The elders talked about it, and they hired me full-time hmm. in 2005. Yeah, before we proceed, I kind of want to hone in on something you said. When you start off, you kind of do everything, like any, I mean, anything that's everything. needed. What would you say to somebody who's starting off ministry, like about just being willing to serve and just doing the, what they're asking you to do because I guess you're paying your dues in a way? Yeah, I think that. So I have a young lady right now mm -hmm. at the church that I'm at, at Caris Christian Center. And she just came up to me and said, this was two years ago. Okay. She goes, uh, Pastor, I'm off on Mondays. Can I just come in and if you want, I can help you with your paper, paperwork, or I can send out emails for you, or I can take out your trash. Uh, you know, I don't really have nothing going on. I said, she goes, I just want to be able to help you and serve you. I said, you want to help me? She goes, yeah. I said, man, that would be awesome. I really need the help. Mm -hmm. So she came literally for a year. There was an office right next to my office, and that empty, and she used that office. Mm -hmm. And she just came in. Now today, she's full-time. She's a secretary, one of the secretaries in the office. She does all the, all the, she's answering phones. She's, yeah. she's doing all the accounting up in there, helping with the account. But it all started with, uh, mm -hmm. Pastor, I just want to serve. You yeah. know, I just want to be a part of it. If you have a heartbeat to serve, God will open doors mm -hmm. where you need to be. Um, and... I think that that's the that's when you look at church. It's not about how it's not about how to get rich or get money. Yeah, it's literally coming in to give your offerings and serving 
in the house of God mm-hmm. and seeing what's needed. And yeah. then God opens the door. If you're called to ministry, mm-hmm. it'll open. True. Yes. It'll open. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. So let's go. <clears throat> you led worship until 2005 when you were leading worship at that church. Oh, no, 2015. 2015. I, I was still leading worship. I'm okay. always leading worship, but I left 2015. Okay, so oh, you started in 2005 till 2015. I was hired full-time mm-hmm. in 2005 okay. till 2015. In that 10-year span, because this is like your first big worship. Mm-hmm. What, what, what did you what, what was your journey like to where you're comfortable with leading on stage? Because I know if you're, when you're starting off, especially at a bigger platform, there's some fears that come with that territory. Mm-hmm. What was some of that and how did the Lord help you overcome? Um, my biggest thing for strength in, relation- in, in worship is mm-hmm. the strength of the relationships. Yeah. And God was teaching me how to build teams. Okay. Learning how to be, a, be because, uh, let's even put it in today's where I'm at right now. I'm only on stage for Wednesday night mm-hmm. and two services Sunday. Okay. So that means I'm on stage for 24 minutes on a Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and I'm on stage for two thirty minutes on a Sunday. So literally, I'm on stage for an hour and a half hmm. for people seeing me lead worship. Yeah. So that means the rest of the time that I'm is all about people. Yeah. And so through that, the Lord was showing me how to how to you have to to be in ministry. You got to love people. And you're going to have to take time and get in there and get and learn how to mm-hmm. bring first build relationships and then bring correction. So, and when you're dealing with teenagers, that is a 24 hour job with everything, <laughs> with everything. So that's from dating, that's from going out partying, that's from do, just everything that they're doing. You are cattle prodding all the time. Yeah. But if you learn on the bottom of the basics of how to deal with people and learning how to build teams and pouring into people and mm-hmm. I find that they buy and, and give them a buy-in. Mm. I had to learn how to te- learn how to give people a buy-in. Okay. That means that if you were my piano player, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm watching you for a while, and then I would say, Emmanuel, hey, can you run rehearsals for me while I go take the praise team over to the other side? Okay, and I work with the vocals. Okay, that's giving you a buy-in, so that now you have you have something you have some weight. Yeah, I'm trusting you with the ministry that God's put me over. Yeah, that's gonna buy you in now, and then eventually I'm gonna have you as my music director. Mm. So I got this young young gentleman at our church at Caris Christian Center. He started off with all he was playing was piano, but I said, "Hey, I need you to I need you to work with the band while I go work with the choir." Today, now he's my music director. Mm. I can literally, if this was on a if this was on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. right now at seven o'clock, yeah. I can have this meeting and have those guys run my rehearsals. And not think twice about it. Hmm. And don't even have to be there. Yeah. And then I can come in on Sunday and we rock. Hmm. Because you got to learn how to build teams and give people an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to buy into the vision of what God's put you over. So I, those were learning lessons through the 10 years of how to, yeah. make, to build a ministry that's worth it. So as you're coming to 2015, how, how did you know it was time to leave? Uh... In everything in life, I would say I left. So I left well, mm-hmm. but the big thing that that was a shift is is when you no longer when when you have hit a ceiling, you feel like you've hit a ceiling, mm-hmm. and the people around you uh, are not seeing 
where you need to go or what you're trying to say. Mm. Like there, you, I believe in life. Every season's like a booster. Okay. Um, and Trinity Church International was like a booster to my rocket mm. because I know what I want to do, but they can't take me there. Mm. They can get me to that first atmosphere, and then they're going to break off, and then I got these other boosters, and then I get to this next stratosphere, and then they break off. Okay. And so when I was in at that level, I knew I've hit a road because um, quick story of that was they brought the son home. The pastor brought the son home who has an, uh, an apostolic anointing. Okay. Apostolic means he's out. He's a church builder. He gets out there and goes after it. Um, his heart was not for his heart was for his father's church but his heart was for Africa mm. that's it 25 years in Africa he's Af- he he's, yes. speaks 8 languages yes. he's, he's African so to bring it he came off because he was trying to mm-hmm. honor his father but his heart was there Yeah. during that time he was looking for somebody a worship pastor that fit his needs mm-hmm. uh the worship pastor at the time was stepping down because he wanted to go back to Louisiana to go help his father. So I was the next one in line. Hmm. And I kept quiet. I just said, Lord, if you want me to do this, yeah, hallelujah. But they weren't looking at me. Uh, the son wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I finally, um, after six months, after, so it was in December, I knew, I was in November, I knew. So that was December, January, February, March. April, May, I'm sorry, April, mm-hmm. April, um, nobody talked to me, nobody said anything to me, hmm. and I sat, and I went, so to no one it's time to leave, you ask God, mm-hmm. God, do you want me to stay, or do you want me to leave, Yeah. and uh, I sat in a main sanctuary of that church, looking at an empty, empty place at, at one o'clock in the morning, because I got there with a men's group and I locked up the church went into the main sanctuary and I just asked the Lord am I supposed to leave and I heard yeah it's time for you to go Mm. and that one felt like I lost a child because I was there since I was there at that church since 1986 and I'm leaving the church in 2014 wow so I was 16 when I came in there Mm -hmm. I'm 45 when I'm leaving wow so when I left that was my everything that was everything Mm mm-hmm so it was, I was, I literally couldn't, I literally cried. I couldn't even breathe for almost 20 to 30 minutes just heaving because it was an uprooting yes. that God was doing. Mm-hmm. But then the peace of God. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to go and you know it's time to go um, and you hear the voice of God and you have that peace and you can do anything, then, then that's when yeah. I said I was time to go. Mm-hmm. It took them by a shocker, mm-hmm. but it was yeah. That's how I stepped out. Wow! But you also said that you left well. So everything in life, I tried. When I look back on my life, there is no burning bridges and there's no forest fires. Mm-hmm. When I left that church, it wasn't because of what I did, mm-hmm. and so it was what because of how they were thinking. So when I made the decision, my goal was still to honor the church mm-hmm. um, and honor the people, and so and honor the pastor. So. You know, you ha- a friend of mine has told me this, which was really it was really helpful. I think this would be really helpful for anybody. When you do leave, if you do have those moments where it's time for you to step out, you have two you have two roads. You have a fax, and you have the truth. 
Mm-hmm. The facts is, this is why I'm leaving. Okay. The truth is emotional. If you stay on the facts, the facts is that God's calling me to this. I'm doing this. I'm about to step into this. I'm about to go in there. The emotional side of things is where it can get blurry. It can get crazy. And mm-hmm. I try to stay into the facts so that people see mm-hmm. that it, I'm not emotionally yeah. making making my mind mm-hmm. up into these moments. Yeah. That I literally heard God and, God and I'm giving them facts about what God has told me. Mm-hmm. Truth of it is I didn't tell them that they didn't pick me. They didn't want me. They didn't talk yeah. to me. They didn't, that's the emotional side of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want people to catch that. So when you're leaving, you try to stay in the area of covering mm-hmm. Because your job is to your job is to do what God's called you to do, and not and not to bring craziness to the situation of you leaving. Yeah. Uh, Genesis nine twenty three says, when Noah was naked in in the tent, Ham came in, and and then he left out and then told everybody that Noah was drunk and naked in the tent. But the other two brothers came in and covered. Mm-hmm. My job when I leave seasons is is to cover. And to make sure that I'm leaving well so that that how I exit a season is how I enter a season. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that there ain't no smoke. Yeah. There ain't nothing coming into the next season. That's good. So you leave in 2015. What was that next? Because this is the first time in a long time where you don't have a job. So when I stepped out of there um, and we knew we heard the Lord, hearing the Lord is a step of faith. Last year, I kind of... I jumped out of a plane for my 50th birthday of a perfectly good plane, and I was jumping out skydiving. Stepping out with the Lord is like skydiving. It's literally like, okay, I'm up there. I'm 20,000 feet up in this air, and uh-huh. I'm committed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so right, and so stepping out, and even stepping out in this season, too, stepping out in that season, I feel like you're free-falling at a 200 miles an hour. But then the Holy Spirit, man, just opens the doors, mm-hmm. and that's like the parachute that opens, and you get to you get to chill and see some things. So yeah. When I left there, we had an opportunity to come out here to Arizona um, to stay with my wife's father. Um, the challenging part was is that we didn't have I didn't really have a good relationship with him mm-hmm. to a level at the time, but we as throughout the years it started mm-hmm. to get a little bit better. Not because I didn't want it, but based upon the color of my skin. Mm. So, but then he said, why don't you guys come out here and stay at, we have another extra house and we mm-hmm. can, you could be a part of that and it'd be kind of really cool. How many kids do you have at this point? I have five kids. At this point? At this point. Wow. Okay. I'm five kids and I'm mm-hmm. 45 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay. And so we, we loaded up the truck, loaded up everything and we moved to Arizona. And when we came out here. Um, it's you know moving with God. God does if 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 you're in your place, things clicked. But if you're not in your place, God makes it. God, I feel like it's things get uncomfortable because you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Arizona was a transitional place. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to. It was just a place to God keep me to move because when I got there, then all of a sudden a pastor mm-hmm. that who used to go to our church called me up two years later. And said, "Hey, there's a there's a church in Colorado Springs. They need a worship pastor, and, and and we thought about you, and and we and I, and that's how I got connected to come out here to Colorado Springs. Yeah. So in the time, because you're there for two years in Arizona. Arizona. Uh, what was that time like? Just a personal time with the Lord. It was. It, I would say it was a very 
lonely time because I I knew I stepped out and I knew I heard the Lord, but nothing mm-hmm. was clicking. And I've I tried everything. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working at a hotel, but I was trying real estate. I was trying everything. Nothing was cl- everything was closing for me. Mm. I couldn't do anything except work at this one hotel. Mm. And I said, "Lord, what is going on?" <laughs> and then, um, and that's a whole story in itself. Yeah. But it was really powerful how God, mm-hmm. God did not want me to settle in Arizona. Mm. True. He wanted me here in Colorado mm-hmm. for a season yeah. to do what God's called me to do out here, and mm-hmm. so. That was a time of, I believe, coming out of each season, you need rest. And I felt like coming out of the season of Florida, I was a tree, I was a plucked tree. Because I just been, you know, just spit, spit, spit. So I needed my fruit to grow back. Yeah. Wow. And then coming out here, I had fruit. But then when you get back into ministry, you get picked, picked, picked. And out here, I felt like, I feel like sometimes you feel like a winter tree. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you're 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 a tree, and, and by the springtime you'll see the flop. But you just you go after it so hard, and ministry is so mm-hmm. demanding. Yeah, that uh, I would say anybody that needs wants to be in ministry, you better know that God's called you mm-hmm. to be in ministry, because when He calls you, He'll give you the grace to sustain you mm-hmm. for the season that you're in. Wow, that's powerful. So you end up in Colorado Springs. Yes. Uh, leading worship at Karis Christian, Christian Center. Yeah. How was this? Is twenty seventeen? Twenty seventeen. How was that experience? That was an interesting experience because I did I never heard about Andrew Womack. I mm-hmm. didn't know about this Grace Faith stuff. Mm-hmm. I, was, I come from this Pentecostal, you know, Assemblies <laughs> of God. So you got Assemblies of God coming into a Grace Faith. Yeah. And I would say for almost every every week, I was almost in pastors' study because I can't say. Come Holy Spirit Can't say we need you Holy Spirit I'm desperate for you Lord I'm begging for you I, There's no begging and de- So it's like You can't say this You can't do that So I literally Just had to learn The lingo of the house mm-hmm. To the place where I was just like Father God You're going to have to Tell me how to talk cause I have no clue mm. How to talk So when I come into a new, a new ministry Or anything My job is To sit and find The culture and understand the culture before I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I'm there to serve yeah. the house. I'm not there for my own agendas. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to be that. I'm there to say, okay, this is what you called me to do. Mm-hmm. Show me how I can show me how I can make it better. Yeah. Because I, and so when the pastor asked me, he sat down with me and he goes, uh, this was in at a restaurant here and he asked me, I haven't even accepted the job yet. He said, and this is, this is good for anybody. He says, uh, so what do you want to make? I said, it's not about what I want to make. I need to know that God's called me to you. I don't base my calling on what you can give me. I don't base my calling on paychecks. I base my calling on I hear God and that's where he wants me. Because when, all, when, when it all hits the fan. Yes. When it all hits the fan. Yes. I better make sure that I didn't base it on what you can give me. Yes. But I make sure I base it on what you can, what I heard from God. And he told me, yes, I want you here. Mm-hmm. And so, and that frees you up because when it's time for you to leave mm-hmm. and they come back and say, well, all these things we've done for you. N- no. God blessed me. Yeah. None of those things were on the table mm-hmm. because I came not because of what you can give me. Mm-hmm. 
I came by because I heard God's voice. Yeah. And I leave because I heard God's voice and mm-hmm. not what you could give me yeah. to make me stay. Mm. God's voice, the peace of God, mm-hmm. sustains you in every season you're about to walk into mm-hmm. because that is going to be, when you go back to God and everything's going crazy, Lord, you call me because my grace is my grace is sustained. My grace is sufficient. Uh, sufficient for you. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. So, you start working in Karen's Christian Center. I guess you might have to yell a little bit. It's all good. Yeah. All the rain. The I know. Got a lot of rain, but everything Amen. is still good. So you start working at Karen's Christian Center. That because this is a I'm assuming a bigger church at the time then. Big. Nope, same size. Same size. Uh, in fact, our church in Florida was bigger than this church. This church is about 1,200. I left at 2,500. Oh wow. So did you feel like you emotional or was that? Nope, I didn't feel like a emotional when I asked. When I when when I came here, if God's calling me here to this church, mm-hmm. I don't look at numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't base it on two hundred, five hundred, five thousand. If God's calling me to that church, yeah, then God's calling me to that church. Amen. Um, because so, God could yeah. do more. Yeah, you don't know what he's doing in that church. Yes, so that's, that's what, true. So I don't base it on numbers. So what what did, did the Lord teach you in the past four years leading up here? Because this is you don't know anybody. This is a new location. Your family is in Florida. Because in Florida, at least you grew up there. You knew everybody. How what was the Lord teaching you here? How to be um, because I heard His voice, mm-hmm. and because ministry uh, a great way to say it is a perfect church. His doors closed and ain't nobody in it. You want a perfect church? Keep the doors closed, nobody in. But as soon as you open that church, open the doors. Yeah. You got to deal with you got to deal with the stuff. So coming into this church, I learned how to be a better. Uh, I learned how to be a better husband, mm-hmm. a better leader, mm-hmm. a better path, a better, a better pastor, and a better father. Mm. So, um, because. The challenges that came along with it yeah. brought it out of me mm-hmm. to sustain. So when I did go back to the Lord and say, Father God, this is, you know, what's going on? He goes, my grace is sufficient. Stay the course. Stay the course. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I talked to, stay the course. And I stayed the course. Mm. And I can rely back onto my Father, who's going to be my comforter, and help me through. Yeah. The season. So I be through this season, I think I'm a better leader. Mm-hmm. I could sustain heavier storms mm. and still be profitable, still mm. be effective mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God. Like, I'm not going to just fall apart mm-hmm. and just run yeah. because of just what comes along with ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, a great example is Jesus was in God's will. Yes. But he still had to go to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he yeah. still had to die. Yes. So... Being in God's will doesn't mean it's going to be a bed of roses. It just means that God is going to get you through mm-hmm. the seasons that he calls you in. Yeah. God called me into this season, and he taught me how to be a better leader, mm-hmm. a better pastor, mm-hmm. a better husband, and a better father. So now in this season that you're in right now, because that's what you've learned the past four years. Yes. Because you're in a kind of a, another transition period. I'm leaving that church. What? And you, you're leaving because you've heard and the... And, We've talked offline, so I know this answer. This peace with it. How do you feel like? Because when you were there for four years, you were there. They moved into a new building. You yeah. built like a culture, a team. Do you feel like you're? How do you feel like the, the team that you're leaving behind is? 
So I would say every time I left, I feel like there's a part of me that that mm-hmm. there's a there's a hurtingness yeah. to that. Um, but one of the things when I came in when I came into the position, mm-hmm. it was it was absolutely crazy because the church was built off of a school, Karis Bible College. Yeah. So Christmas, summer, Easter, spring break, you lose everybody because mm-hmm. it's built on. I had to focus and pray about community. Mm-hmm. This, this band that I have now is a community-driven band. Mm-hmm. So that means that nothing that affects, nothing that goes on at, at this, the school yeah. affects what goes on That's in this true. team. Yeah. Um, I told my pastor at the time when I was putting in my, my, um, my resignation, and he asked me you know, about the team, I said, it's like giving keys to a Ferrari to you. Uh, it'll be like me giving a keys to a Ferrari to you, mm-hmm. because the band is awesome. They're not falling apart. Mm-hmm. They're they're they hate to see me go, but they're celebrating me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my relationships are beyond the walls. Yeah, the job is just the job of being being a worship pastor. But my relationships are deeper. Mm-hmm. I've got people right now to this day that I've still that they still call me up and mm-hmm. and they still call me Pastor Jay and. And mm-hmm. hey, what would JT? What would Pastor JT do? Or mm-hmm. and Happy Father's Day. You're like a spiritual fa- like. So I'm not worried about mm-hmm. them as in like I'm never going to see them again. Yeah. It's but the biggest thing is when you pass the baton off. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be disray, dysfunctional? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the, how's the next person walking in? Yeah. The next person walking in mm-hmm. is like me handing a key to a Ferrari. <laughs> they're they're ready to rock. Yeah. And out of that, I started a drama team, a dance team. The choir mm-hmm. grew. The band is awesome. Mm-hmm. The, the worship is became more powerful. I yeah. think that um, through everything that I've done at that church, I can walk away saying I've given it my all. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I want to go back to something that you said when you pass the baton, because that's sometimes sometimes for leaders it's hard to do because there's always like a I did this. Mm-hmm. I don't. Want, you don't trust. How is that for you? I, I'm guessing the Lord maybe worked that through you. Um, because I don't look at the band is not my band. Yeah. Um, the church is not my church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kingdom. Yeah. Um, so what God has allowed me to facilitate, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I do my best. Yeah. But when I hand that over to the next person, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it is fully operational, fully functional. There's mm-hmm. no drama. There's no anything. So that when they step in, mm-hmm. all they got to do now is just tweak out a couple of things and the people follow. And mm-hmm. then I tell my people. The next person come in and you give them honor and respect. Mm-hmm. In fact, nobody leaves this church mm-hmm. unless you hear God. Yeah, nobody quits unless mm-hmm. you hear God. Mm-hmm. I said, and and you give the same professionalism mm-hmm. that you would give me to yeah. this person. In fact, you give it to God, and that person will res- receive the rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, churches are not also ways to keep the people. Mm-hmm. Um, churches is an ebb and flow. Yeah, and everybody has a gifting and a calling in their life. Now, there's some people that are just going to be stuck. In, they're they're going to be work, work with the church forever. Yeah, but most of the time, people are God calls them and puts something in their heart, mm-hmm. and then they step out and yeah. they do things. So we've got to learn to champion people mm-hmm. when they do that, and then when whoever comes in, great leaders know how to build teams that will that will echo their leadership when they're gone, and that is my heartbeat. I want the band anything that I touch, I want it to echo. The goodness of God and the things that God's done, mm-hmm. even when I leave, yeah. so that the the residues of some things that I've done is still mm-hmm. capable. 
professionalism. Yeah. Bringing God best. Mm-hmm. Don't be bringing slack. Don't come in half-heartedly. Being on time. Mm-hmm. Things that I've taught this team and, mm-hmm. and worshiping without caring about mm-hmm. who's out there. Yeah. And you give it your all. Yeah. Great leaders uh, allow people to give a buy-in, and I believe my team has a buy-in. Mm, that's good. And one before we wrap up here, in this now that you get ready to leave, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking to be able to. I still, I still believe that everybody needs to have a covering mm-hmm. um, of a church. Um, my heartbeat is I'm a son, um, and I am kingdom driven, and that means that I don't want to be trapped. Mm-hmm. I don't want to become a K. I want churches to connect. I want to be a connector of churches. And wherever God's called me to go, I want to be able to champion that, be champion that. And what does that look like? If there's a men's conference, worship's going to look different for me because I don't want to be just Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday at that church. There might be an opportunity to do nights of worship at this church. There might be opportunities to do uh, a worship conference or a worship workshop at some other. I want to have to flexibility to come and go and my pastor says and my pastor sees that and says yeah you that's what you need to do mm-hmm. i want to work with the next the churches in my facility in, in my mindset is i saw a vision of a pastor a catholic priest a lutheran pentecostal grace faith uh presbyterian mm-hmm. um there was a bunch of these different pastors they were all in a foxhole and it was bombs and bullets flying everywhere and they were in this. They were all holding hands, and not one of them was arguing over doctrine. They were all bowing their heads and praying to Jesus mm-hmm. and saying, "Father God, mm-hmm. I believe that the kingdom of God needs to be connecting." And church, one church cannot flip this city. No, one. I don't care mm-hmm. if you think about the, just one. If you had one gas station, it would not be able to facilitate all the cars in Colorado Springs. One hospital can't do it. Mm-mm. One veterinarian hospital can't do it. If so, how do we think that one church is going to be able to flip this city? We're going to need churches mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and break down their walls of doctrine mm-hmm. and focus on what their strengths are, you know, what their strengths are. Yeah. And uh, if we can champion those things, mm-hmm. uh, we can flip a city. Mm-hmm. But my heartbeat stepping out is... I want to be linked with a church, but I want to be linked with a pastor that's going to be able to mm-hmm. champion me to go do the things that God's called me to do. And he's comfortable in his mm-hmm. identity that says, I'll, you go right ahead. Do it. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I'm championing the vision of the house, and I'm championing kingdoms, and we're connecting. Mm. Personally, I see churches in stadiums. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Not just one church. I, in mm-hmm. fact, revival to me is not in a church. It's mm-hmm. in a stadium where the city churches are coming together and everybody's getting lit. Mm-hmm. And not just one church. In yeah. Wow. I know that's kind of controversial, but no, I'm not saying perfect. that God's not moving in churches. But it mm-hmm. all become it, it, it turns out to be, look at what our church is doing. Yeah. And we're too compartmentalized and mm-hmm. we're too competitive and mm-hmm. we don't see the bigger picture. Yeah. And everything that Jesus said is the kingdom of God is this. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is this. Mm-hmm. When God drops his kingdom on this planet and yeah. when things happen and when it's all said and done, there ain't going to be no churches. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people in front of God mm-hmm. worshiping the king of kings. Mm-hmm. One people, wow. one. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Satan, didn't, Satan, Satan can't fight the church. Yeah. So he has to jump in the church to create division. Mm. 
and create confusion and create fighting, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. Yes, wow. Because we don't talk, we don't talk to each other because of our doctrine. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That was a, that was a very good interview. So <laughs> I'm sorry about it. It was a little intense, but don't be sorry. That's perfect. That's your story, and thank you. Absolutely, thank you. That was. It's an honor for me to have you on my show. Absolutely. And I pray that everybody who listened got something from this because there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. And I, I feel like unity is the big one. Yeah. And also just we are all believers and everybody. We live in a community. And we must be willing and understand that you're going to live sometimes. You're going to be some places forever. But the community is more important. If you do have to live, live, live well. well. Yeah, that's the that's the phrase of the interview. Live well if you do have to live. Absolutely. But thank you everybody for joining me today and remember we all have a story. What's your story? Goodbye. Hey, you made it till the end. Thank you for tuning in and watching this amazing interview. If you want to get a hold of Emmanuel, you can do so on social media. There's also a blog where you can read some of his writings. God bless you and remember, everybody has a story. What's your story?